Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influences of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influences. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network. That's 52 stations, and you can get us on the brand-new listener app. That's LASTNR. This is a special chat for me. I've grown up watching this man. He's one of the most talented performers, producers, writers. You might know him from the Friday Review on ABC Radio, Let the Blood Run Free. Docos like Boys and Balls, Class Clowns, Theatre and Stage, Storming St Kilda by Tram, Sunday Night Songs and Stories, that and so much more. But he's back for a series that we love. It's the show that every artist wants to be on. They don't want to leave the stage when they're on 14 seasons. I welcome Brian Nankervis from Rockwears to Triple M's Homegrown. How are you, mate? It's so good to have you here. I am so delighted to be here, particularly now that I know who you are. (laughs) Well, no, because I walked in and I thought, I know that face. Yeah. And, of course, you're part of British India. Yeah, that's it. And I've watched Rockwears live numerous times, one being when uh, our singer Declan featured on as well that I think made a bit of an impact on the rest of the Rockwears family. We fell in love with Declan. But it's interesting, we used to always wonder how the bands would feel about their lead singers being on the show. And look, the responses varied. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Occasionally people, mostly they were proud, and I'm sure you were of Declan Melia. Big, Big time. It was awesome watching him up there. But occasionally we got a sense that <laughs> band members thought, well, you know, why is he up there? Or yeah. how come she's the one? Oh, okay, yeah, sure. It's like the uh, infidelity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're flirting yeah. with someone else. But That's um, true. No, Declan was great. We took him on the road. I think we took him to Perth. He yeah. did incredible versions of refugee, he yep. led the charge on a version of Like a Rolling Stone. I've got Stone. that here. Yeah. That's it. Well done, you're So much fun. Uh, Rockers, for the people that are tuning in, we've had a lot of messages about this chat too, which oh, we're going to get to a little bit later. But uh, a lot of the people messaging in, uh, the, the common theme is they want to go back to the origins of Rockers and, and how it started. You and Julia, yes. like they've grown up watching the show. How did it kind of get off the ground? Look, it's a long, uh, long, long time ago, if I could quote Don McLean. I was doing warm-ups for a TV show, Jim Owen, the great Irish comedian. Yep. And the producer one day uh, invited me to do the warm-ups. I was actually part of the cast. Yeah, yeah. And he came in one day and he said, look, the warm-up guy is crook. Is anyone up for it? And I thought, yes, I'll have a go. I could do a few poems because I had my poet character from Hey, Hey, It's Saturday, Ray Mm. and Jay Bartholomew's. And I thought, well, what else can I do? I'll do a couple of poems. I'll do a quiz. I'll do a music quiz. And I went home and I taped the introductions on cassette to about 20 songs. And I took the cassette in. We put a microphone next to the cassette. <laughs> oh, really? This is 1995, and the audience loved it. And I thought, hang on, I think we're onto something. Yeah, here. cool. Seven years later, that same producer, Peter Bainhog, came up to me and he said, "Are you still doing the quizzes?" Renegade Films, who he he worked for, he said, "We're just about to make a pilot." 
we think this, the time is right for a quiz show, a music quiz show. Yeah. Would you like to be involved? I said yes. We roughed out a structure that is the structure that we use today. Perfect. Contestants from the audience, mm. two artists who have to be guessed yeah. uh, with a series of clues, who can it be now? We come together, they answer questions. We have Million Dollar Riff yeah. where they have to pick the, the song, name the song and yeah. the artist. More questions and then the show finishes with a duet. And that was the structure that we came up with yeah. in 2003 and it's pretty much the structure yeah. that we still use today, new series on Foxtel. Yeah. So we made the pilot, we shopped it around, all the networks said they liked it. Mm, but sorry, we haven't got the dough. And then there was a change of management at SBS. Yeah. And Peter Bainhog went back to them and said, hey, we've got this great show. Here's the pilot. And the new guy said, you know what? I love it. Awesome. And so we started at um, at SBS. The One of the weird stories is that ABC, because we always imagined that it was sort of an ABC yeah. show, and they said no, and then we signed with SBS, and then ABC came back and said, oh, oh did they? Yeah. we would like to do it. Okay. And we said, well, we can't because we're doing it for SBS. And then six weeks later, we heard that they were doing uh, their own show called yes. Spicks and Speaks. Oh, so, that's so interesting. So both shows began mm. at the same time. Yeah. You know, they were quite different. We were much more um, probably music-focused. Mm. Uh, they were much more comedy focused. You know, they would always have stand up comics. Yeah. We had punters from the audience. And as you would know, you walked into the Gershwin room. Yeah. And someone at your table would say, Go on, you should get up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I ran, I used to run three rounds of questions and I'd get 18 people up on stage and the best four would go into the show. Right. So it had this incredible energy, Matt, where mm. people would enter the Gershwin room. They might have had a, a couple out the front looking at the sunset at the Esplanade Hotel. They would come in yeah. and then half an hour later they'd be on the show. And that so it's so sort cool. of – it was really organic. They didn't have a time to get too stressed or to plan. Mm. So it just had a really great vibe and it was amazing how often – people would guess an artist who, who they loved and then they'd come out yes. and sit next to them. Yeah. We had a girl one night and Julia said, you know, what was the first concert you ever went to? And she said, Tina Arena. And then Julia said, oh, you, <laughs> what was the first record you bought? Tina Arena, Sorrento. Julia said, gee, you're a big Tina Arena fan. And the woman said, yes, I've written a PhD on her record, Sorrento Moon. <laughs> now, we're all looking at each other yeah. because we know that about three feet away behind a curtain <laughs> is Tina Marie. <laughs> yeah. We were slightly worried we'd have to get the, an ambulance along. Yeah. The woman couldn't believe it. That's cr incredible. I know. And that happened a few times. People yeah. would say, you know, my first concert was Paul Kelly and then out comes yeah, Kelly. People feel really at home with that show. There's yeah. something about it that's just really kind of natural, really fun. It's kind of like I feel like the Rockwoods family feels like your family. It feels yeah. like we all know you kind of really yeah. well and I, like you're I all kind so. of friends. You feel like friends? Well, we, you know what? We are and because we tour so much, we do so many live shows, mm. we started doing live, live shows really early on. I reckon after 
about three seasons, we got invited to do a show for Moomba yeah. by the Yarra, and at first we thought, no, this is insane. It's going to be crazy. There'll be too much noise. But we got Dougald, the, the, you know, one of the great roadies who is yeah. actually a real roadie. <laughs> yeah. And we had great sound and it worked. And so we started doing live shows. And the family that began, Julia, myself, Dougald, the, the three producers, Peter Bainhog, Kenny Connor and myself, the sound, the lighting, Peter Luscombe, our the band, incredible of course. drummer. Yeah, the band has shifted a little. Yeah. Uh, James Black retired a couple of years ago. Mark Ferry retired. But we've got Cleo Renner, who's an incredible yeah, keyboard player. Bill McDonald is playing bass, who's part of the Paul Kelly band. Mm. Olympia on guitar. So we've sort of, yeah, we are a family. My daughter is the rock star Wrangler. She looks after the, the rock stars. Uh, Kenny's daughter is our production manager. And Julia has always said, look, no, when you want to do a show, I will do it. And, you know, she's gone on to do yeah. home delivery and a whole lot of different projects. But I think she realises that Rockwiz was a really important part of her yeah. career. And, you know, I feel like from the get-go, you guys just had an amazing chemistry from the start, which can often be hard to find. Yeah, well, we're, we're good pals off stage and she was – it was really good. We had an audition process and James Black, our keyboard player, went to see a show called Spontaneous Broadway and I remember he came to a rehearsal one day when we were getting the show up and he said, okay, I reckon I've found the host. And so he said, look, Julia's incredible. She can improvise. She's funny. She can be serious. She can control a crowd. Yeah. And about 10 minutes into the audition, we felt like saying, that's it. You've wow. got the gig. Yeah. And she is. She's an incredible part of the show. She can be charming. She can be um, strong. You know, she can sort of put people in their place because yeah. – Sometimes, not the musicians, but because we, as I said before, we get the contestants from the audience, yeah. they're not used to showbiz rules. Mm. You know, they're often they've never been on stage before yeah. and they're so excited. Absolutely. They're, they're in their favourite show yeah. and they don't necessarily always behave <laughs> yeah. as one would behave on stage. <laughs> yeah. They're very excited. Does it feel like it's it's gone like this or does it, does it oh, yeah, feel? Oh, yeah, for them. Yeah. They always say, oh, my God, that's it went th so quickly. Yeah. What about for you, the whole Rockwiz journey? Uh, well, it's been almost 20 years. Yeah. But once the show's up and running, yeah, it goes pretty quick. But because I do, you know, particularly in the live shows, I'm out there in the foyer when people arrive. I started doing that right from the start mm. and it works really well. I'll yeah. often be getting people out of their cars, bringing them into the theatre. Yeah. And that's where I find the rock brains. Nice. You know, that's where I sort of move around and I do little quizzes in the foyer. Mm. And then once we go on stage, um, you know, that's when I run these these rounds of questions. So it's a pretty big night, those live shows. The yeah. TV shows are actually a lot quicker. 
Yeah. Shout outs to a couple of rock brains that actually have worked here. Uh, Cassie Walker and Chris Holland, who both said to say hello. Yes. Chris that's Holland was right. Chris was supposed Chris to, Holland. Well, he was supposed to be here, but he's at the uh, I think he's at the Amp Awards in Brisbane at yes. the moment. Well, Chris was of course one of our uh, brains trusters. Oh, you yeah. know, we've got a team of of writers, and yeah. uh, Chris was one of those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you coming on the show, I said it before, lots of people are excited, and a couple of people have sent in some questions. Sure. So I hope you don't mind Please. if we, we're going to Newcastle with Taylor. Uh, she wants to know, do you have a favourite episode? Oh, Taylor. Yeah, it's a I tough one, isn't say, it? Well, you know what? This is good. She's from Newcastle. We yeah. play Newcastle a bit. We're in the Civic Theatre, and I got a text the other night after the new Foxtel show went to air from Cole Joy. No now, way. Cole Joy's been yep. making music since the late 50s, Cole Joy and the Joy Boys, and Cole texted me to say congratulations on the new series. Yep. And I always remember him in Newcastle, him and James Black, before the show, they found a couple of pianos and they were jamming. They were dueling right. pianos. Uh, so, look, um, what can I tell you? What was her name again? Taylor. Taylor. If I had to pick a couple, it would be Billy Bragg and Courtney Barnett. Nice. We, we're very excited to get Billy Bragg. And we often invite an artist to suggest a, a, a duet partner. And Billy said, look, I'm touring with this young gal called Courtney Barnett. We knew of her. I don't think she'd done the show. Maybe she had with Dave Faulkner. Anyway, yeah. Billy Bragg said, I would love Courtney Barnett, and we made that happen. That was great. I might have some audio here of Courtney Barnett and Billy Bragg. Watch out, the world's behind you. There's always someone You know, and that's this is where I think artists, I mean, artists love doing their own songs, but I think sometimes they get a little bit excited at the idea of doing a cover. And it's a challenge too, you know? Of course. And you're doing it with someone that you don't really know that's as well. Yes. Yeah. See, that was always interesting too. Yeah. The other one I wanted to talk about was Angry Anderson and Sarah McLeod. And we always try and get the artists to choose the duet. Yep. And sometimes it takes a while. One likes one song. The other one says, nah, don't like that one. Yeah. And I remember we were shooting on a Monday and mm -hmm. by the Friday they still hadn't decided on the duet. Yeah. They went through a whole lot of ideas and then finally at the death knell, at the close of play on the Friday, a, a renegade secretary came in and said, <laughs> Uh, there's someone on the phone called Angry and he wants to do Highway to Hell and fists were raised. Here we go. It was really incredible and, in fact, I do vividly remember uh, our sound guy, I think it was Mick Letho, maybe Ernie Rose, yeah. came into... The studio, the when I say the studio, the Gershwin Room at yeah. the Esplanade Hotel the next day or maybe the next week and he put that song on and we played it through the, the nice. PA stack and we all thought, boy, <laughs> that 
is a fabulous combination. Yeah, great watching them. Sometimes they don't know each other. I mentioned Martha Wainwright before. Mm. I remember I was standing at the back of the Gershwin room and Martha walked in and you could see Dan Kelly up on stage rehearsing his song or maybe his parts for the duet. And Dan's a handsome man and he was looking (laughs) particularly good in appropriate lighting. And I'll never forget Martha Wainwright sidled up to me and said, is that Dan Kelly? (laughs) I said, yes. And she said, this is going to be good. Slave to love. You got to know how the strong get bigger, how the rich get Slave to love. Slave to love. Bit of chemistry going on there. A lot of chemistry. (laughs) And everyone in the room felt it. There was a lot of talk. Around the traps afterwards, <laughs> what happened at the end of the night? <laughs> Has there ever been a bit of romance? Uh, you oh, know, after- look, I can't say Yeah, that. we don't know. Matt, you know me. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm moderate and I like <laughs> to look after people. Hey, uh, we've got another question too. Danny out of Melbourne wants to know, what's been the best post-Rock Wiz night out? So maybe like after a show you're on tour, sure. like a dinner, maybe you've hit the pub somewhere, yes. you've been somewhere regional. Yes. Right at the start of our touring career in 2010, we ended up in someone's room uh, for sort of post-show chat. You know, we always, we like to eat well and so there's often a supper that someone will organise and I think from memory it was in a, a room called uh, Number 74. And so we took that then as our – that was the name for our post-show meetings, Club 74. Yeah, I think – yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. And on. so we would always gather in someone's room, you know, there'd be a designated person who would have – who would host <laughs> Club 74 – there were refreshments, there were beverages, there was food. I remember halloumi one night in Perth. I remember prawns <laughs> in, wow, where was that? That was up in Bundaberg <laughs> oh, maybe. Really? Yeah. But we also, you know, there'd be a lot of post-show, how was the show? You know, what worked? Yeah. Let's not try that again. Hey, you know that bit when you went there that was fantastic. Yeah. Let's try that again. So we always like to sort of polish the show. It's like a gig, isn't it? It's like it you know, is a gig. Yeah, it is absolutely a gig. It's a you know I do forty five minutes at the front, and then there's another ninety to a hundred minutes. Yeah, um, I can remember Ash Naylor grabbing his acoustic guitar because Dave Faulkner from the Hoodoo Gurus had just done a show, and he was back in the room. Ash played his favourite Hoodoo Gurus song and Dave didn't need a lot of convincing but he sang along. What was it? It was one of those classic Hoodoo Gurus songs, Lost in the Mists of Time. Yeah. But we used to go to Chicholina when we recorded at the Gershwin Room. Nice. And we would always wander down there. I remember. What the, about what about playing the guy from the Tea Party? Hang on, the big guy who are a Canadian Jeff band, Martin. Jeff Martin, mm. and Jeff decided that he wanted to bust out the guitar on the way. Entertained us all in the uh, corridor that leads between Ackland Street and the car park, oh, really? and he played Led Zeppelin songs. Really? 
Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. When you pair these artists up to play these songs, that's the first time they're playing it live, which is so rare that you actually see an artist play a new song for a start at a gig, but on live TV with an audience, they've only been kind of together and have met each other for two days. It's a pretty kind of unique experience. Yeah. And they do. I mean, they are aware. I mean, obviously you try and create this incredible atmosphere yeah. where you relax them and they do, they come in during the day and they rehearse, but then the transition between rehearsal and the actual performance is quite marked and everything changes and they know that the red light is on. They know that what they're doing is being captured and we would never, well, very rarely, occasionally a song would fall apart completely Mm. and we might do a second take, but very, very rarely. Yeah, nice. Like I reckon Slave to Love, Sunday Morning, I don't think we, we repeated those at all. Yeah, nice. Uh, one more question from here, then I've got a couple more bits. Um, Linda's in Sydney. She flew down to watch an episode at the Gershwin Room, and she wants to know what's been the biggest spinal tap moments behind the scenes. Well, having Judy Collins in the house, the woman who wrote those incredible songs, uh, was it The Circle Game? Now I'm confused. The Judy Collins hit. Anyway, she wrote songs that... No, she she recorded a Joni Mitchell song, that's right, and Leonard Cohen recorded one of her songs. So to have this icon of the 60s in the Gershwin Room and we put her with Tim Friedman from the Whitlams okay. and he was incredible. He was so generous to her. He clearly knew all her history, she he knew that she was the sweet Judy Blue Eyes yeah. that Crosby, Stills and Nash sung about. He knew that she'd recorded an incredible version of Send in the Clowns and he was gracious and charming, made her feel very relaxed. So that was a great moment. Oh, look, too many. We did a hundred and... I think we did 181 episodes. So for me, uh, as a music fan, and I don't play, but I've been a long-time music fan, to stand at the back of the Gershwin Room when it's empty and to watch these artists work out a duet. And, And so they often, you know, they used to communicate and we would encourage them to email and to talk on the phone but they didn't always do that. Yeah, of course. And so sometimes they would meet on stage and then they would have to work out the arrangement. Yeah. All right, you. how about you take that verse, let's do that bit in harmony, let's do, let's, you do that bit by yourself. And it was fascinating yeah. for me. Yeah, As that. a music fan, it was an incredible privilege. Yeah. Um, I think we're running a bit low on time. We've got someone coming in the studio, but it's, Obviously, like, uh, Rockwiz is great for so many reasons. One thing I love is the story, and uh, one featuring on uh, Rockwiz is the one and only Jimmy Barnes, and he shared this story about Michael Gadinsky's first music festival, yes. uh, Sunbury. Let's have a listen. <laughs> I jumped in the back of the uh, station wagon with my sister and all really out of it, mates, who were stoning the whole way over. And we got to Sunbury. We went to a spot on the hill. I wanted to see Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. And we got to Sunbury, took a spot on the hill, and my sister and her friends were all taking these pills, they're called Mandrax, which are like donuts. 
um, you know, and I've never been good with donuts even then. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, they, but it was the first, it was a Friday. And they, they all took a handful of donuts and I'm sort of 14 or something. They gave me a handful. And, and then I remember, oh, this is nice. I'm walking along it. And the last thing I remember was falling into the creek. And I woke up two days later in a thing called the buoyancy tent, which was like people were on heroin, on acid, <gasps> everywhere around me. I sort of got up and thought, oh, shit, you know. So I sort of snuck out backwards so they didn't think I was, you know, I belonged there. And I walked back and my sister and her friends hadn't moved. And they, and they hadn't missed me at all. And Billy Thorpe came on stage as soon as I got there, two days later. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. It was a memorable night. I give you Jimmy Barnes. Yeah. His timing was good. Timing was good. Look, i got to say, to open our new series, and I should let people know it's available on Foxtel. You can watch it on Binge. Yep. Each episode drops on a Friday. Yeah. But to open this new series with Jimmy Barnes and, it must be said, a youngster called Wilson was really wonderful. And so this new series, we've continued this idea of matching established names with, with up-and-comers, and Perfect. I think that's really, really, really important, and I think the audiences know. They love discovering new acts. I mean, they love the established acts, but I think they love this idea of supporting new talent. So, look, we had six years off. Uh, we finished our last series uh, on SBS in 2016, so... We've kept touring, so we've kept our hand in, Yeah, but it's so great to be back. Oh, but so many people are excited about it. And, of course, Jimmy and Wilson did team up for a bit of a song at the end. I think we've got a bit of an exclusive here. So good. So good. That's voice. Yeah, and watching him like on Rock Quiz, you know, like you said, it's going to be really rewarding watching these established artists with these new, because these new artists are going to learn so much from even just being with these acts for a couple of days, you know. There's a great great moment in the duet and you can, you know, that's the beauty of streaming. You can watch them anytime. There's a moment where Jimmy, who I I think he knew a bit about Wilson, but not that much. She is a newcomer. But there's a moment where she hits a note and she really serves it up to him. And he sort of looks at her and you think, okay, that was a good pairing. We did yeah, well. absolutely. Well, Brian, we're so excited. Uh, look, we've Matt, got a couple more minutes. I just want to touch on a couple more performances. Please. Um, ones that I remember watching live as well and ones that, uh, you know, the Triple M family are really kind of fascinated with the backstory on how these artists all came together. And I'm just encouraging everyone to go back and watch the Rockwiz back catalogue because it's timeless. It, it, you can watch every episode like it's fresh from season one. Uh, this live performance of Friday on my mind featuring the basics, which Goto's in. Uh, Steve Kilby, Dallas Crane, Preachers, Doc Neeson. Yes. Yeah, that was our salute to Vander and Young. Very special. Yeah. Got 
There's so much power in these group yeah. performances sometimes, aren't they? Yeah. And look, you've got to pay tribute to that band. I mean, that, that was the original band, I think, with Ashley Naylor. Yes. Yes, it was. Of course, from Even. But Mark Ferry, Peter Luscombe, James Black, and then Ash would often join us for the live shows. Remarkable musicians. Yeah. You know, Peter's played with Paul Kelly for 20 years. James was in Mondo Rock. He mm. currently plays with uh, the Black Sorrows. Mark was a founding mem- member of Models. Yeah. They really approached it almost scientifically. You know, James is a a real sort of student or a scholar of music and they worked out how to get the best sound out of a three-piece and then we would take it on the road and we had incredible production but still the, the amount of work that they did was remarkable. Absolutely. And one more. A lot of people messaged in about this performance. Um, it's Archie Roach, Ella Hooper, Blake Scott, oh. Richard Clapton. Emma Donovan, I think, too. Oh, look, Archie, the late, great Archie, there was a couple of moments where he, I think he stood, I think he started sitting. I would certainly recommend people find this on YouTube. Yeah, you can find it. And, and yeah, he there was a fist in the air and you could tell that he was so happy with what was happening. He knew that he'd nailed it and, you know, he's got a great relationship with Paul Kelly who wrote the song, who co-wrote the song with yep. Kev Carmody. Yeah, it was a, a privilege to be able to present some of that stuff. Absolutely. You know what? I'm squeezing in one more game. The next Come people on. can play. I do this with uh, every artist we have. On Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O, it's time for... Uh-oh, it's my party or dinner. So this is called Right Party Dinner, where we take three acts. Yes. You can either write a song with them, you can party with them, or you can take them home to dinner. But I'm thinking instead of writing songs, that artist can be on Rock Quiz. Okay. So Love they're picked this. completely at random. Right, party yes. or dinner. Your three acts are... Uh, we've got Brian Adams, and yes. then we've got all four members of Queen and... Sing us a song, you're the piano man. It's got Sing us a song. <laughs> so we're, we're, putting one on rock, we're putting one on Rockwiz. Uh, we're going out to dinner with one of those acts. I think we'd and then probably we're go out with uh, the Queen lads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure uh, they would have some entertaining stories. Yeah. It would be interesting to watch Freddie wrap those uh, giant teeth around uh, a T-bone or yeah. something like that. And then who, what am I doing with Brian Adams? Well, you're either having him on Rockwiz or Billy Joel or going to dinner. I'm going to dinner with Billy Joel. Yeah. And then Brian's on. No, you know what? I'm having Billy Joel on Rock Quiz because I know that the room would explode yep. when he walks through the curtain. And maybe Brian Adams, we might have a little quiet meal and I would tell him the story about Ryan Adams essentially asking for a audience member at the forum, I believe, to be ejected when the audience member yelled out, play Summer of 69. Oh. <laughs> And Ryan Adams, uh, not necessarily known for 
perhaps patience, <laughs> yeah. uh, stop the show and ask the security to remove this person <laughs> yeah. who was probably just trying to be uh, smart, Alec. Yeah. You know, welcome to Melbourne. This is what we do here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian, Rock Quiz, uh, you can catch it Foxtel On Demand, uh, 7.30. It's a pleasure. There's been so much fun. A bucket list moment for me. Oh, thank you so much for Maddie, coming and having a chat. Thank you for your preparation and your passion. I really love it. Appreciate it. For all the latest rock news, interviews and backstage experiences, don't forget to subscribe to Triple M Rock on the Listener app.